All right, Snack Attack crew, assemble. Feeling that mid-afternoon slump? Need a protein boost that doesn't involve boring protein bars? Well, let me introduce y'all to my new favorite obsession, wonderful pistachios. Y'all, these little green guys aren't just your average nut. They're protein powerhouses, packing a whopping six grams per ounce. That's over 10% of your daily value. And here's a confession. I used to be a cracker. You know, the kind of girl who enjoys the satisfying pop of opening each one. But let's be honest, sometimes convenience is king. And that's where their no-shell options comes in perfect for on-the-go snacking. Plus, they come in flavors like chili roasted and sea salt and vinegar. So there's something for everyone, even the picky gals. But here's the kicker. Wonderful pistachios are a complete protein, meaning they have all nine essential amino acids your body needs. So next time you're feeling sluggish, ditch the sugary treats and grab a handful of these green gems. I promise y'all they will keep you fueled and feeling your best, whether you're conquering carpool duties or crushing deadlines. And seriously, these are my go-to snack. I keep a bag in my purse. I keep one at the office. I even stash a few on the side of my bed for those late night cravings. This year, I want you to treat yourself to something delicious and good for you. So head over to wonderfulpistachios.com and explore their amazing flavors and sizes. Trust me, your taste buds and your body will thank you. Y'all should know by now that we love progression over here. Let's chat about what everyday progress truly means to us. Whether it's hitting those small milestones or treating ourselves to a little something something after a month of disciplined budgeting, progress is all about balance and staying motivated. And speaking of budgeting and reaching financial goals while still enjoying life's little pleasures, have you heard about Chime? Chime's checking account offers some amazing features that can help you along your financial journey. Let me tell you about one feature that really stands out to me. Chime's Spot Me. We've all been there, right? Dealing with overdraft fees can really throw a wrench in your financial plans. But with Chime, you can overdraft up to $200 with no fees. You heard me right. No fees. It's like having a safety net for those unexpected moments. Y'all, I had a friend who was always getting hit with hefty overdraft fees. It was a mess trying to sort it out. How do you really get ahead with that? But with Chime, you can avoid those headaches and get back on track with ease. Plus, Chime isn't just a bank. It's a community. With Boost, you can increase your spot me limit by receiving boosts from your friends. It's like having your financial back covered by your squad. So, if you're ready to take control of your finances and wave goodbye to those pesky monthly fees, open your Chime account today. Just head over to Chime.com slash bravado. That's Chime.com slash bravado. Chime feels like progress. Banking services and debit card provided by the Bank Court Bank N.A. or Stride Bank N.A. Members FDIC. Spot me eligibility requirements and overdraft limits apply. Boosts are available to eligible Chime members enrolled in SpotMe and are subject to monthly limits. Terms and conditions apply. Go to Chime.com slash disclosures for details. Ladies, let's talk real talk here. You probably have days when the PMS has you feeling like you could eat anything in sight. My goodness, the cravings and the general discomfort. Well, say goodbye to those days with Hormone Harmony from Happy Mammoth. Let's dive into why Hormone Harmony is not just another supplement, but a true game changer. First off, it's not just a trend. It's a phenomenon. Social media is buzzing with women singing praises about Hormone Harmony 
In fact, a bottle flies off the shelves every 24 seconds. Can y'all believe that? Now let's talk about Happy Mammoth, the brilliant minds behind this wonderful product. They're all about making your life easier, and that means no compromises on quality. They've meticulously crafted hormone harmony using only science-backed ingredients proven to work wonders for women like us. But here's my favorite part. Hormone Harmony contains adaptogens, nature's little miracle workers. These herbal extracts help your body adapt to life stressors, especially those pesky hormonal changes that can throw us off balance. And here's the kicker. Hormone Harmony isn't just for menopause. It's your secret weapon against those hormonal imbalances that can wreak havoc on your life. From hot flashes and night sweats to racing thoughts and low moods, Hormone Harmony has got your back. And yes, it even tackles the occasional bloat and that not tonight boo feeling. (laughs) The real benefit here, the real win, feeling like yourself again. That's why countless women are raving about it in over 17,000 glowing reviews. We love a verified product, honey. Now here's your chance to experience the magic firsthand. For a limited time, you can get a fabulous 15% off your entire first order at happymammoth.com. Just use the code BRAVADO at checkout. So what are you waiting for, homegirl? Say hello to balanced hormones and goodbye to those days of feeling like a roller coaster. Your journey to hormone harmony starts now. Spring is in the air at Littleton Coin Company, and we want to help you brighten your collection. Visit us at littletoncoin.com all month long to enjoy 15% off your purchase. With a wide selection of coins, paper money, supplies, and more, Littleton Coin Company has something for every collector's taste. Use promo code SPRING at littletoncoin.com for 15% off your purchase all month long. Restrictions apply. Littleton Coin Company. Serving collectors since 1945. This is Germany. And this is Brittany. And this is the Blacker Bravado Podcast. A motivating and encouraging podcast where we focus on building community amongst colorful women alike. Join us weekly as we sit down and have candid conversations on various topics and issues surrounding self-care, self-love, mental health and wellness, spirituality, entrepreneurship, and much more. And trust, when we don't have the answers, we'll call on our expert homegirls who do. Our intention is to create a safe space for growth, inspiration, laughter, and love free of judgment in hopes that after you listen, you're a little more knowledgeable or at least a little more entertained than before. It's homegirl vibes here. Real, raw, and a little funny. A lot of fucking funny. So thanks for tuning in to the Black Girl Bravado Podcast. Let's start the show, cuties. Hey y'all, welcome back. Welcome back, boo-boos. We're here another week. Another week. Mm. How's it going? It's going well. How are you? How was your weekend? I'm good. My weekend was eventful on Saturday. You know what? This is sad. It's like Saturday was not that far away and I do not be remembering what I did. Okay, what you you really don't remember? No. <laughs> I'm sitting here with my head down. So I need to start Saturday, writing that in the I'll notes. say what I did this weekend. Okay. On Saturday, I kept it cute in the house during the day. And then in the evening, we took Jared out, one of Andres's friends, to celebrate his birthday. Oh, so yeah. we hung out, had some drinks. 
You went to Graham's to celebrate her birthday before coming out. I did. Out. I did go sell. That's what I did. The thing is, uh, the Saturday was not eventful the first half. I was just running errands. And then the second half, celebrating birthdays. Yeah. So that was. And that then was Sunday, Saturday. we had a photo shoot. Mm-hmm. We had a photo shoot. Kept it cute. That yeah. was it. It was very, very uh, mild weekend but it just seems so busy i'm hoping this weekend i'm piping it up remember that song pipe it up you wanted that for this weekend too but this next upcoming one i hope that something's cracking i only have dinner plans so i don't have no piping up plans you do you're also going to dinner and celebrating a birthday i'm going to dinner but when you said pipe it up i thought you meant dancing i'm just saying like you know i'm going to dinner on friday i mean on saturday you are yeah so maybe something will be going on. And hopefully cross your fingers or something to do on Sunday. Yeah. Cross your fucking fingers. Fingers crossed. But we'll see. So, yeah, we'll see how the week pans out. But, yeah, this weekend was cool. Um, Back to it this week with work. Uh, Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, we're also back to the ratings in the reviews. That's one thing I'll never forget. I might forget what I did during the weekend, but I do not forget about the ratings in the reviews. If you're new here. And you've been liking what you've been hearing and you have yet to leave a rating in the review. Please take two seconds out of your day to leave us a rating in the review. They really help. If you're old here and you haven't. Shame on you. Houston, we have a motherfucking problem. What have you been doing? What have you been doing? Sitting on your hands. (laughs) Sitting on your hands, not giving us our flowers. Mm -mm, What the fuck? We need you because people have come back time and time again, left two and three reviews. Time and for you after time. not to leave one. We're reading you. We're calling you out. We are getting you together. Do your part here. Do your part. So let's read our review of the week for a homegirl that has done her part. And for that, we are appreciative. This one comes from Scola. She says, your girl is hooked. I'm honestly sitting here speechless about what to write because there's so much good. I've only recently started listening to podcasts and stumbled upon yours at the beginning of this month. Being in my early 20s, I love, love, love hearing about experiences from older women, especially black women. Hold on. Older older for me. As soon as I heard the word older, I perked up. Girl, we are older. We're not that old, much older than you. We're older than her. I moved to Canada at 12, grew up in a white neighborhood school, and felt robbed of my black experience and people to share it with. I have a lot of older female cousins that don't live here, and y'all feel like my big sisters, so for that I'm grateful. I'm just connecting with everything, and it feels so good. The music, the humor, the joy. You ladies are doing amazing work, and I'm going to continue binging. You have yourselves a lifetime fan. Love, Scola. Thanks, Gola. We appreciate you so much. I like sister, not older woman. <laughs> Big sister resonated with me. Older woman did not. Okay. Older woman. Older um, woman was hidden. So please help these older women reach 2,000 ratings and reviews by the end of 2021. That's our goal, and we are counting on y'all to help us reach it. Thank you so much in advance. Yeah. So what you can also do is join us over on Patreon. Mm -hmm. That's our exclusive membership community where we have tons of extra goodies and things for you to enjoy throughout the month. We actually have a video content this week. Hold on to your Check titties. us out. Yes. We actually have the video. Video content of this week's episode will be uploaded to Patreon this week. Yes. We also have our mid-month check-in, or it ain't mid, but monthly our check-in. monthly check-in, yes. Um, that will be up this week as well. Yes. So if you And also, if you haven't already, 
tapped in, we had an episode about shadow work, which this episode we touch on shadow work a lot. So if you're interested exactly what is shadow work, how you can work on your shadows, yes, then tap in over on Patreon and check out the episode. That it we was did a full episode. For so. the besties. For show, for show. The That's besties. for the besties. So yes, follow us over on Patreon. We're waiting for you. Let's shout out our patrons for them for this week. We have Mia. Hey Mia. Tempest. Hey Tempest. I always love that name, Tempest. Mm. And Brittany. Okay. Welcome, Brittany. Y'all welcome to the gang. We're so happy to have you here. Very happy to it's have you. It's a pleasure. Always. So new week, new tea. Where we kiki with you and you kiki with we. What's goody? Um, so this week, not much to really dish about. Of course, rest in peace, Micaiah. Very sad. Very sick. Mm. Um, DMX funeral, he went out with a bang. That was beautiful to see. Love that I for him. I love, love that, that for him. him. Rough Rider showed up and showed out. Okay. They did. They did what needed to be done. <laughs> yeah, Brittany, that was. <laughs> um, what else? Everyone at the Oscars looked amazing last night. So everyone looks beautiful. I, I can't there wait to go to There was a few that I didn't like, but. Well, of course, that, yeah. that's normal, but I can't yeah. wait to go to an award show and get styled in glam. Mm. My style in glam. I don't know what awards it'll be, but it will be one. Um, so yeah, I think that's all for the tea this week. Yeah, it was pretty short, really short and sweet. Yeah. So last week's episode, we're still in the Heal Thyself series, y'all. This is actually the last the final episode. Final one. So part seven, part seven, pardon me, y'all, part five was last week. We talked about healing intergenerational trauma with Mayumi. So um, we basically got all of our answers regarding healing our traumas from a licensed mental health, mental health therapist who helped us discuss personal struggles, how our past can carry over into our future, our mm -hmm. now, and just basically had space held for us to have this tough conversation. So if you're thinking about intergenerational trauma or multi-generational trauma, and you're wondering, what the fuck is that? Am I struggling? Tap in with last week's episode. It was a goodie. Purr. Mm -hmm. So this week, to wrap up our Heal Thyself series, yay, and I moving know. right on. We are going to be talking with, or we talk with Beatrice, who um, explains to us what inner child work is, how we get in contact with our inner child, how the work that's not done can sabotage sabotage our relationships, and we're not here for that. So uh, yeah, we discuss inner child work, we identify some areas in our lives that need to be worked on in regards to our inner child, and yeah, we think you will enjoy this conversation. So hold on to your titties. We're getting started. All right. Boo-boo babies. As you may know, CBD has become very popular in the last couple of years. It's literally everywhere. And with so many options, it makes it difficult to differentiate between what's good and what isn't. That's easy for me because that's where Ned comes in. Ned is a wellness brand that offers solutions to alternative prescriptions and over-the-counter drugs. They produce the highest quality, full-spectrum CBD extracted from organically grown hemp plants that are all sourced from an independent farm in Colorado. You know what? I talk about this product all the time. I don't think I'm going to stop talking about it. I rant and rave about the period Sue South. It's literally my go-to natural remedy for uncomfortable menstrual cramps, which literally take me out, out of the game. So, you know, what's really special about Ned is that they take time to energetically infuse all of their products with binaural beats, 
positive affirmations, and happy vibes. So if you want to check out Ned and try their CBD products for yourself, we have a special offer for our homegirls. Go to www.helloned.com slash bravado or enter bravado at checkout for 15% off your first one-time order or 20% off your first subscription order plus free shipping. So that's H-E-L-L-O-N-E-D.com slash bravado to get 15% off your first one-time order or 20% off your first subscription order plus free shipping. Thank you, Ned. Hey guys, so we are here in our final episode of our Heal Thyself series. And this has been, it's been a series. It's been a journey. It's been yeah. a journey. We had to take a break because it was getting heavy. Yeah. Um, But today we're talking about a topic that I've been very excited and anticipating talking about because it's something that we've been hearing about a lot, especially like on social media and just in general and I often don't know where the hell to start. Mm -hmm. So we're going to start here today with Beatrice. We have Beatrice, who is an expert on self-love, a lover of wellness, inner child healing coach, self-love coach too, and the host of Self-Love Fix Podcast. Beatrice, welcome to the show. Thank you for coming with us today. I'm so excited. Thank you for having me. Yay. Beatrice, we gave a a little quick rundown of what you're your expertise lies in, but tell our girls a little bit about yourself and how you got here. Yeah. So who, okay. I'm going to make it short, (laughs) but, um, basically I'm, I consider myself to be a self-love coach. I'm also an astrologer. I think I do a lot of things. You guys, I do a lot. Okay, good. We can get into signs because we like talking about signs. (laughs) Yeah. And, um, I really just help people with limiting beliefs and overcoming them specifically from childhood, Um, because I found myself in a place in grad school, uh, where I had a lot of issues with perfectionism, a lot of issues with self-esteem and codependency. And I was really just wondering what is actually going on. I I was on a completely different path. I became a dietitian, all that kind of stuff. And then along that path is when the stuff came up. And so as I overcame it or was overcoming a lot of things that were impeding me from my childhood, I came to a point where in my life, things were looking really, really good. Like I was feeling good in my body and I was not uh, feeling so maybe, I don't want to say oppressed as much as suppressed. Um, And I was like, I have to help people. Like I can't just keep this to myself. So I started Mm -hmm. the Self Love Fix podcast and then I started coaching um, because I was like, it can't just be me. There has to be other people. And being black, I was like, there's gotta be other black people. <laughs> like this too. Yeah. We're here. Here I am the other black person. Yes. Yeah. Right yeah. Here. For sure. So, yeah, I don't hear a lot of, well, I hear it now. Like I hear more black people talking about inner child work and nurturing their inner child. But, um, Growing up, you don't hear shit about no inner child. All it is is a child needs to stay in the child's place. And then when you turn 18, all of a sudden you're grown. And it's like, hold on, wait a second. I've been a child standing in a child's place. <laughs> now you want me to hop up into an adult place. And right. I'm confused. Not capable. And I'm shook. And a part of being confused and being shook is because once you become an adult and you start having these life experiences and you start going through things, you start to wonder 
am like you said Beatrice am I the only person who feels like this why are my relationships turning out like this why do I why do I interact with other people like this why mm-hmm. why am I not achieving things that I want to achieve and it all comes back to what happens in our childhood sometimes yeah and so can you tell our listeners like what inner child work is for the people who may not know yes I can and before I get into that can I just say something I, when I was in grad school, when I was going through this, by the way, I was listening to y'all's podcasts. <laughs> I was listening and I was like, I'm going to wait until, until we get on to tell them this. Yes. I was listening. Oh my to, God. Yes. Because, and you, both of you talking about topics that people weren't talking about, um, or that I think maybe didn't have a voice in our community mm-hmm. made me feel like, oh my God, I really am on the right path. So it, it was very mm-hmm. supportive for me oh, a couple of years. Yeah, and still now. circle like, moment. <laughs> I love that. Oh, my goodness. Oh, that's so cute. Yes, uh, we're glad we were able to support you in your time. Yes. Of need. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yes, and sure. I still listened. So just wanted to say that. But um, going back to uh, inner child, you said, what is inner child work? Yeah. Like, can you just explain what that is to the listeners? Because some of them may not know. Yeah, that's a good question. So with inner child work, it's really about integrating these parts of us that maybe were frozen in time, for lack of better words, at, when we were younger. I, I saw this on Twitter, somebody saying that trauma keeps us frozen at certain points in time. Mm-hmm. And it's so true. Like there are adolescent parts of us, there are childhood parts of us, prepubescent parts of us that are like, mm-hmm. had significant um, experiences that made us feel almost arrested. I, for lack of better words, arrested at that time, like arrested mm-hmm. development. And so mm-hmm. it's inner child work is about integrating these parts of us that we may be left behind because we didn't know and we didn't have the tools as adults so that we can have healthier relationships and so that we could just feel better. Like how many times yeah. do we just not feel good within ourselves mm-hmm. unless this goes well or we have this relationship, things like that? Yeah. Yeah. All the yeah. time. So how exactly do we get in touch with our inner child? Like what are, what are we doing? Because we've been seeing inner child work and I'm doing the work and I'm you know touching, getting back to my inner child all yeah. over social media. But some people are like, okay... Where's mine? Where exactly where is it stored at? Because I need to call her up yeah. and get in touch with her. Oh my God, that's a good question. And I think that our um, those aspects of ourselves, that inner child part of us, only really wants to come out when it feels safe, when they feel safe. Mm. You know what I mean? Because it's like, for so long, how many of us have been putting up walls or with other people? And in the same breath, we're doing that with ourselves. We're putting up walls and we're like, I don't want to go there with you. And in the same breath, I don't want to go there with me. I don't want to get vulnerable with me. I don't want to touch on stuff that might be scary or might remind me of something I don't want to talk about. So it's the willingness to be vulnerable with yourself, I think. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. That's the part that's always hard for me is the vulnerability with myself. 
Yeah, I think that's the first step because like we expect people to be vulnerable with us and the idea is that you're vulnerable with someone else because that creates intimacy and deeper relationships. But if we're not vulnerable with ourselves, it's like you're being fake with yourself while you're trying to forge this. Yeah, get deep with somebody (laughs) else like queen. Start here. Start with self. Mm. Um, Right. You know, one thing about inner child work that I think is intimidating Mm -hmm. is that it's the revealing, removing the veil of what could have been like the perfect childhood or what you thought was a good childhood. And I know that some people don't want to do work like that because they don't want to feel like their parents let them down. Like it's kind of like, I don't even want to go into it and try to figure out what happened because then that's going to make me look at my parents differently. But Mm. how can somebody like work through those feelings? Because I guess, I've, in my in my understanding, I feel like hopefully there's a way that we can get to just the solution and not try to place blame on anyone, but just figure out how to do better, you know? Yeah, I agree. And I think that's exactly it. It's like we're trying to, as we're seeing more of the human aspects of ourselves, like the shadows of ourselves, um, and I, I don't know, should I explain that term, shadow? Yes, yeah, yeah we, 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 yeah, definitely. Please. Okay, yeah, so the shadow aspects of ourselves are the parts of us that we push away. We don't want people to see the parts we don't want to get vulnerable with because we think it's not normal or it's not acceptable, so we hide it. Um, so those parts of us, like the thing is, as we accept those parts of us, Um, when we're talking about our parents and maybe what happened in our childhood, which I get you, like, it's like, I don't want to, I don't want to see my parents in that light. Well, the irony Mm -hmm. is as we see and accept more parts of ourselves, we see and accept parts of them. Cause I agree. Mm -hmm. I don't think this is a blame game. And I come from a background or a lot of my clients are people who come from, uh, and I don't know if you've, I I feel like y'all have touched on this term, like maybe more narcissistic parents or okay yeah I was like I remember yeah, hearing yeah. some of this on the, yeah, podcast. the narcissist yeah yeah so like maybe parents who lean more on the side where they're not able to um see their children or not able to hold space for their experiences and it's like that's a different ball game but with what you're saying about how you know my relationship with my parents like I want to keep it and it's fine mm-hmm. um but it's like you can do both. You can yeah. you can speak to the things that hurt you before and you can understand that your parents are just human. Yeah. Definitely. Oh, that is it's so hard and speaking about parents, a lot of inner child work is is reparenting or self-parenting your inner child, right? Mm-hmm. Is there a difference there or can you explain the difference between reparenting and self-parenting? Yeah, so that's a that's a really good question cuz I think there's it's almost similar, but I feel like with self-parenting, it's like you stepping in and holding your boundaries and you saying, this is how it's going to be for me. I'm going Mm -hmm. to step up for myself in this Mm -hmm. moment and choose what I know to be good for me. And I think reparenting is like, it has more to do with limiting beliefs because that's really what runs our worlds a lot of times. Is what we learn. I mean, when we're kids, literally we're sponges. This is why kids can learn languages when like four, five, six languages. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they when they're young. Up, yeah, yeah, when they're young, they pick up on everything because it's like 
you have your brain has the, compa the capacity to absorb. Yeah. So reparenting, I think, is more like, what did I learn from my childhood that maybe it's not serving me and maybe I need to rewrite? Redo. Yeah. <laughs> when you're reparenting, you're redoing. Right. That's what it sounds like to me. That's the best way that I can like think about it or remember it. Yeah. To reparent yourself is to maybe redo the things that didn't didn't quite sit well with you or that you can unlearn and figure out how to implement some healthier practices today. Yeah, that's key. Yeah. yeah. And the, the self-parenting would be like, I would think about it as like self-care yeah. and things that you do just specifically for the self. And that makes sense because, and it's so weird that this is like the way we're programmed and conditioned because when we're being raised, what our parents say is law. So to be to have all of that for the duration of our childhood for at least 18 years and then all of a sudden when you're an adult and you have this revelation like, um, that wasn't necessarily right or I don't quite like that. No wonder why we'd be in our 30s struggling because mm -hmm. it's like, hey, I kind of just got here and I'm trying to figure out what the hell I'm supposed to be doing because for so long I was told one thing and it's not until now when I'm able to make my own decisions that I realize that this ain't really it and it doesn't have to be this way mm -hmm. but I don't know I don't know if that has to do with the way people parent if maybe that should be adjusted but there's a lot there's a lot to unpack mm -hmm. and also what I um read was that there's a way that you have to do inner child work because sometimes you can cause yourself to go deeper into suffering or mm unveil something that you're not necessarily ready to handle so is there a proper way to do inner child work should it only be done with the assistance of a guide a coach a therapist or can we just do this shit on our own yeah. and be okay are they just listening to this and starting it up <laughs> what are we doing yeah that's a good question and I definitely I want to make it clear I'm definitely not a therapist I'm a coach but and so I think that yeah when we've gone through very traumatic stuff it would probably be very helpful. I know there's lots of different therapeutic techniques specific to, you know, um, psychotherapy and things like that, where it's a safer environment to explore trapped memories. Um, but from, I think just from my own personal experience, and this is what I always tell my clients is, if you don't remember something, like I'm just, I just wanna say this too. If you don't remember something from your childhood, don't try to, don't try to do it. <laughs> Beatrice, that's the part that scares me. Sometimes I think that I'm going to go deep and do some crazy work and then some memory that I've suppressed is going to come up. That's really what keeps me apprehensive about really going deep on myself. I'm like, what if there's something that, bitch, I ain't trying to remember. I think you think that it has to be something deep and it can be something that's not really deep that you suppressed, but something that was very small that ended up affecting you in the long run I know I just don't want it to be anything traumatic <laughs> I just cannot handle like I cannot handle yeah. but go ahead go ahead yeah no I'm glad you said that because it's like and I this happened to me so I just want to I have no problem saying what happened to me because I don't want this to happen to anybody um like mm -hmm. I was so into this stuff I was like oh I really want to learn I really want to unlearn too so yeah, right yeah. what ended up happening was I realized there was a lot of memories I couldn't access from my upbringing and it, it made me upset because I was like, I got into this thing where a big part of inner child work is validation, like validating yourself and being able to validate what you've gone through because so many people say it's not that big of a deal or what are you talking about? But if like, 
the more traumatic I think your childhood, the more you're wanting validation to know you're not crazy or it, things mm -hmm. were really as they were. So what happened was like, I tried, I was like, why can't I remember? I want to remember. I want to remember. And I was like, almost trying to make these memories come back. And it kicked up my anxiety really bad. So, oh and it's because, and I, I learned, I ended up learning that your brain protects you from certain memories. Like it'll block it out on purpose because it's too much for you to bear. But um, if you're just journaling or doing meditation or talking things out and things are coming up, that's telling you your body and your brain feel safe enough yeah. to let it out. So, I, and I hope I'm answering the question. It's like, whatever comes up, work with that. Don't try mm -hmm. to pull stuff that is just not coming out. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah. I, I think that makes a lot of sense. Yeah, I think that's great advice too. Cause like I said, we'll be sitting here like, okay, so what the hell happened back then in 90? And trying to make it come back to us. Something has to happen in 92. Yeah. <laughs> so that we can work through it. And Beatrice, you just mentioned the difference between, the, well, that you're not a therapist, you're a coach. Yeah. What is the difference between someone who is going to therapy for, to work through their inner child work mm -hmm. versus obtaining coaching? What does that look like? Yeah. So I would say coaching is more like guidance. Like the type of coaching I do is just, I'm trying to be supportive and help you on your current path. I'm, it's like, I'm helping you too with the tools that I've learned to get you to a goal, a, a place where you want to be. Um, and I think with therapy, there's definitely all different types of therapy, but it's a different type of thing. Like some therapists, you're just wanting to vent to, just express, get that stuff out. Um, mm -hmm. Some therapists, I know they do like cognitive behave, behavioral therapy or other mm -hmm. forms where they're actually helping you access these things. Um, so for me, it's more like guidance and it's more like a spiritual touch too. So um, it definitely looks different. And I know that some people do more than one, like my clients will do therapy because they want to fill their therapy bucket and then they'll come to me. Mm -hmm. You see what I mean? Like, yeah, doing it yeah. in, in tandem, like as a support of one another. Yeah. yeah. I need a coach. So, <laughs> so Beatrice, what are some ways that you've done inner child work? Like, what are some ways that you've worked on inner child work with yourself, if you don't mind sharing? And we'll share some too, or some ways we can identify. Yeah. Oh, that's a good question. I feel like it never ends. <laughs> Let's start there. Like it never, it just never ends. And that's the mistake that I made early on is to think like I do something and it's done. Like, no, yeah. it, it's just getting in a deeper and deeper relationship with yourself. And so for myself, um, I really would say for me, the biggest thing has just been that shadow work I was talking about before, you know, where, that thing where it's like, you think you're exempt. You don't do the thing that you point the finger at with everybody else. Like you're like, mm. I don't do this, but you do this. Yeah. Like, like you annoy me. She annoys me because she is always out talking and doing the most. And it's like, maybe you have a desire to do that or you do the most too. Right. Yes. Yeah. So exactly. That's where I've done and continue to do a lot of the work is taking a look at my stuff. Like where might you be projecting or not you know what i mean you're you're, you're missing something for lack of better yeah. words um yeah. and i'd say perfectionism 
Like I've worked a lot mm-hmm. with that. The perfectionism is so real. I think even just being, um, cause I want to give like actual tangible examples. Um, but being on a podcast, like, I don't know about both of you, but when I first started, I think you I was, huh? Were you shook? <laughs> well, that, and I was reading word for word, like on a word doc, what I was yeah. going to say. Yeah. <laughs> like, I was like, I can't mess this up. I have to make sure I don't so much as breathe too much on this mic. Yeah. Like, you know what I mean? Aww. Yeah. So I was doing, it was, it's, it was a lot of like releasing this thing of perfectionism, even just, uh, I, I, I don't even know how to, cause I could spend all day and I won't <laughs> going into this, <laughs> but just like this thing of, I have to come across a certain way all the time or if I don't come across if if I don't showcase myself this way then people are going to think this about me or like even just with this screen right now that you're seeing um it's like oh everything looks nice over here but I'll tell you right over have you ever dreamed of effortlessly conversing in another language whether it's for that upcoming international trip connecting with family and friends diving deep into a new culture or simply adding a new skill to your repertoire Learning a new language opens up a world of opportunities. But let's face it, traditional methods like textbooks and classroom learning can be a drag. That's where Rosetta Stone comes in. As the most trusted language learning program for over 30 years, Rosetta Stone offers a revolutionary approach that truly immerses you in the language you want to learn without relying on CDs or DVDs. Picture this, you're effortlessly conversing in Spanish on the streets of Barcelona, ordering tapas like a local, or discussing the latest French designers with Parisians. So sexy, right? With Rosetta Stone's intuitive process, you'll learn naturally starting with words, then phrases, then full sentences. And with over 25 languages offered, including Spanish, French, Italian, German, Korean, Chinese, Japanese, Dutch, Arabic, and Polish, the possibilities are endless. Rosetta Stone's speech recognition technology, including the True Accent feature, acts like a personal trainer for your accent, providing instant feedback on your pronunciation. Plus, with both desktop and app options available, along with offline lesson downloads and an audio companion, learning for the babe on the go has never been easier. And here's the best part. For a limited time, Rosetta Stone is offering a lifetime membership for 50% off, y'all. That's right, lifetime access to all 25 language courses for half the price. Don't miss out on this amazing deal. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, BGB listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com backslash today. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com backslash today. Hey, bookies, we got something special for you. Are you ready to dive into a celebration of blackness that's as diverse as the experience it represents? Well, NPR has got you covered with Black Stories, Black Truths. This is a groundbreaking collection that's more than just a podcast. It's Revelation. What does black representation in media mean to you? Because to me... It's about breaking down stereotypes, challenging biases, and also showcasing the rich tapestry of black experiences. For sure. Absolutely. And Black Stories, Black Truths is the epitome of this celebration. 
Each episode is a living account of what it truly means to be black today. And it's told from a unique black perspective. And I feel like these aren't just stories, like they're narratives of joy, resilience, empowerment, and also the incredible ability to create world shifting things out of the struggle. Seriously, you'll hear about everything from pop culture icons like Bobby Shmurda to The Wire, Michelle Obama to discussions on vital topics like reparations, y'all. There's really no limit to the range of black stories, black truths. Have you tuned in yet? One of my favorite episodes is the one on how real self-care takes real systemic change. That's a must listen. Yeah, I really think the hosts bring a tone that's celebratory. It's also informative and reflective, which I really can appreciate. Every episode is a journey. It offers a range of emotions and perspectives that keeps you hooked from start to finish. As soon as I turn it on, I'm like, "Mm." and let's not forget black perspectives haven't always been at the forefront of America's story. But now they are the story. Period. So this is not just a podcast, y'all. It's a collection of some of NPR's best episodes showcasing the brilliance and resilience of the black experience. And we know NPR is known for its commitment to diverse storytelling. But with them presenting black stories, black truths, I would say that this is NPR with the noir twist. (laughs) So what are you waiting for? Turn on NPR today and immerse yourself in a range of voices as varied, nuanced, and Black as the incredible country we reflect. And remember, stories should never be about us without us. Listen now to Black Stories, Black Truths from NPR, available wherever you get your podcast. With Mother's Day around the corner, are you thinking about a truly special gift for your mom? Let me tell you about mylifeinabook.com. It's a unique service that turns your mom's life stories into a beautiful book. Pretty cool, right? Here's how it works. Every week, mylifeinabook.com will send her a question via email. These can be pre-written questions about her life or any custom question you wish to ask. And then she can either type her response or record her voice. And mylifeinabook.com compiles all of her responses into a beautiful keepsake book. And guess what? They can even create an audiobook using her voice recordings. It's like preserving her voice and her stories for eternity. Imagine discovering stories about her youth, adventures, and the challenges she's overcame. This book becomes a legacy and something you and your future generations can treasure forever. Your mom's giving you a lifetime of stories. This is your chance to give her a way to share them. I'm so excited about mylifeinabook.com because I'm planning on gifting my mom with this. She's always loved reflecting on memories and sharing her stories. And I know this will be the perfect gift to capture those moments for her. The thoughts of her flipping through the pages and reliving those cherished memories brings a smile to my face already. Check out mylifeinabook.com and use code bravado at checkout for 10% off. Create an unforgettable gift for your mom this Mother's Day. That's mylifeinabook.com. Use code bravado for 10% off today. For there? <laughs> it's a mess. Right over there in that kitchen? No, no. But, you know, it's like I wouldn't have said these kinds of things before. I would have been so like, oh, people are going to think I'm not professional. People are going to think I'm not together. Well, this is the real. Like, you know what I mean? Right. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I think that's good. I've definitely um, identified some inner child work that I can do around perfectionism as well. And I think it stems from not an expectation being set on me to be like perfect, but 
I feel like it's something that comes with being the, the older, older sibling. sibling. Oh. It's like you're a parent before you're a fucking parent. You're so mm-hmm. you have to be so responsible. You're doing things ahead of your time. Oh, if you yeah. really are like make sure your sibling do this. And if they don't, then you looking at me like I pushed them out. Yeah. Um. So I think that's definitely an area that I can reparent or do some inner child work. Mm-hmm. In order to be better as an adult, because perfectionism is not possible. And right. I know there's a hell of a lot more that um, I need to do the work to identify. We Jeremy and I actually had an episode about shadow work on our Patreon. And mm. that's where we need to do the shadow work. We identified a, a mini laundry list of our of our shadows. <laughs> we did. We did. And so that's definitely some some areas where I can do some definite inner child work I think perception I'm always concerned about people's perception of me you know what's really sad is very very sad yesterday Owen my neighbors have a dog his name is old Owen he's a golden retriever I went to touch Owen and I accidentally like stuck him in the eye Mm -hmm. it was not like a but you know like how you just reach in and and I tapped him in his eye and he turned around and walked away and I was like what the fuck is Owen thinking of me now oh it's that it's that Dead. I was like, oh, my God, he's probably like this bitch is not a friend. She just hurt me. Aww. But I do that all the time. But like my brain want like runs crazy about the way people are perceiving me. Yeah. And I don't know if it has to do with childhood being the older sibling for sure. Like my mom always perceiving me as like the good child. Right. Mm-hmm. Because it's just my sister and I. I had the good grades. Of course, we were doing the latchkey thing. So once we're leaving school, I'm making sure everybody's safe, you know, like Mm. making sure my sister, I think you just automatically take on the role of second parent. Once your parent's not around, it's like everything that I say goes and mom's going to be looking at me crazy. If something happens here, you know, like make sure everything's tidy before she comes in. It's just all of that. So I do feel like I've been a parent before I was a parent. And I think that has a lot to do with perception and just wanting to always be perceived well from people, you know, and it's just triggering. Yeah. I hate it. Yeah. It's a lot. It's a lot. I, like, I have work to do. So we talk about like relationships a lot on here. Mm, That's one of the main things. I'm well, you said you listen. So yeah. you know. <laughs> but um, so how can our like childhood trauma in this work that we have to do manifest? In our platonic relationships, our romantic relationships, work relationships. Mm-hmm. All relationships. All, <laughs> all of them. Yeah. I it, know how it manifests. Oh, my God. It can manifest. How? Huh? Until after. Okay. <laughs> Go on, hand, Beatrice. It can manifest in so many different ways. And I think it, it's interesting. You were talking about romantic relationships. And, and I know you mentioned the other ones too, but I think romantic relationships is where it really hits different. Like it's, it comes, yeah. it all comes out because of the proximity and the intimacy. It's like the closer you get to someone else, the more you see yourself. That's really mm. what's happening. Like you're seeing yourself more and more. And so that's where it really comes out. And I think also with, Um, Well, I guess let's start with platonic relationships or friendships. So with friendships, a lot of times that abandonment stuff can come out where it's like, I don't know about you, and I don't think it's as common as we get older, but sometimes it still happens where we do this thing where it's like, okay, do my friends really, really support me? If they supported me, they would do X, Y, and Z. Oh, I haven't heard from them in this amount of time. That must mean they don't really support me. And we find Mm -hmm. evidence 
for what it is that we actually believe. Does that Mm -hmm. make sense? It's like, yeah, yeah, we're feeling maybe we are feeling some kind of abandonment from something that happened that was unresolved. And so we look now for things to confirm said abandonment and, and don't even realize it. Yeah. Yeah. That's what we're looking for that you've left me alone here in the dark. Yeah. yeah. And so I resonate with that. Mm-hmm. And um, I think that we even do this thing too with friendships where it's like, oh, okay, you didn't do this, like tit for tat. I don't know. That sounds like that's a real old phrase, but um, I think we used to use those. Uh, uh, what was it? Old phrases. We use old phrases a lot. <laughs> okay. So it's like, you're like, um, you're seeing what they do or what they don't do. And you're like, okay, I'm going to do this because you did this, or I'm not going to do this because you didn't do this. And we start playing out these dynamics with people. Like when we were younger, it's like, we're at the end of the day, we're trying to avoid being hurt. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We're trying to avoid pain and we're trying to beat someone else to the punch. Like, you're not going to hurt me first. I won't have it. Period. Yeah. Um, And then with romantic relationships, actually, I think I want to save that one for last. The work relationships. Yeah, let's save it. (laughs) Yeah, I'm going to save it. With the work relationships, and by the way, there's plenty of other things with friendships, but that's just what came to mind. Um, Mm -hmm. With the work relationships, that's when I I see um, a lot of the perfectionism or even like what you said about the siblings playing that older role coming out where it's like you're now bossing your coworkers around that kind of energy like I'm sure you've you've had that with coworkers. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. yeah like you're not the boss here girl go sit down in your cubicle and stop right yeah, that sounds like you're you're a coworker for sure <laughs> sounds like her she's dealing with something yeah I'm like queen stay in your place right right it's that thing or you'll have that coworker that double triple check coworker who um mm-hmm. is like okay well I saw that you didn't do this or you did that and I you know unsolicited advice we might be giving yeah. or receiving from other coworkers it's this thing of like I'm trying to get a need met here I'm trying in in with that example it's like that coworker might be feeling good about themselves when they are leading or when somebody else, when they can correct someone else, that's how they get their need of I'm important met. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. It's like, we're all just trying to, and that's, that's the big part of shadow work is like, we're all just trying to get our needs met. We're all, we, we usually have good motives, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but it yeah. makes a lot of sense. Mm-hmm. It comes out yeah. in odd ways. And then the romance. And then the romance. Oh, we're, <laughs> we're hanging on your every word. Tell us what to do, what we're doing. So with trauma, oh my God, trauma and uh, how it plays out in romantic relationships. I feel like the question is, how does it not? How does it yeah. not play yeah. out? Because I think that it doesn't matter if you've been through significant, like whether, for example, if you've um, had a narcissistic parent or you are just a really codependent person or whatever kind of d- dynamics you had in childhood, everybody's stuff comes out in romantic relationships. And so, and I think you've had an episode before, I told you guys, I listened. <laughs> you had an episode way back about like attachment styles. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Yes, yes, we did. We had it. Right. And that's where it really comes out. It's like, especially with the anxious attachment where it's like, I need somebody to soothe me. I need somebody to soothe me. I need somebody to make sure I'm okay. And so- now what are we doing? You didn't text me back in 30 minutes. What's going on? I'm freaking out. Yeah, that's me. 
Yeah. yeah. It, I, need it, a resp- I need a quick response or else I'm like, okay, so what's going on? <laughs> right? <laughs> like, I just need to know you're there. Or like with the yeah. avoidant, some people might lean avoidant where it's like, I actually can handle this all on my own. I don't really need to, to get vulnerable. I don't really want to. And that comes from this idea of like, when you grew up, you had to be self-reliant. Nobody was really there to soothe you. So you learned how to soothe yourself. Yeah. So that plays out. Yeah. And so, well, you guys already had an episode on that. So, but it's like those types of things. It comes back around. It's like everything is just intertwined. Intertwined. The childhood trauma, the relationships, all of this stuff ends up just working together sickly. But the thing is, it all starts from childhood. So that's why we have to do the inner child work. Right. Mm -hmm. So that ultimately we can heal. But it's like, damn, who has time? I'm trying to do the adult work. Now I got to do the child work too. Come on now. I know it's tough. It's like, it's like, dang, can I just, can I breathe? Can I just live? And I think, yeah, yeah. I, okay. I kind of want to touch on something speaking about romantic relationships. I mean, it might be a little bit, no, I want to do it. I want to do it because this is the black girl bravado. And I feel like (laughs) this is it. Yeah. And I feel like specific to our community, um, there's a lot of maybe limiting beliefs that we have around our own experiences about romantic relationships like um i know one way things were really uh jumping out for me this was back in i think college and high school and i you know how we get that thing we say that thing where it's like i don't know if i'm gonna i won't say the word but i'll say men ain't shit i don't know if i could you know say that niggas ain't shit shit is what you want to say (laughs) can i say this I can yes, niggas ain't course. shit. Yeah, so we, we yeah. right? We grow up, it's like niggas ain't shit. Like, we, how many mm-hmm. times do we say that? And it's like, the truth is, we really did experience or saw somebody experience things that were just not cool and um, yeah. things we don't want to experience in relationships. But mm-hmm. then what happens is um, we end up telling ourselves that story and saying it and saying it. And then it's like what I was saying before, looking for the evidence, looking for more of it, looking for more of it, mm-hmm. seeing yes. more of it. And then it's like, um, a lot of the times it's our unhealed dynamics that played out. Don't get me wrong. We had terrible experiences. And also, huh? I said, right. (laughs) We did. Yeah. And also, I know, okay, I can't speak to everybody's experiences, but I'll, I'll speak to mine. I was saying stuff like that. And I remember not vocalizing, especially in college, not vocalizing what I wanted or needed out of relationships and not saying anything because I didn't learn how to speak up and use my voice. And then I found that those same men that I would say stuff about, it's like they were actually kind of honest about what they wanted. And I Mm. was really kind of not. And Mm. that's like the hard thing to do is to be like, well, I never actually, well, (laughs) do you know what I'm saying? No, I know. And that's why at this age, I've made it a point to, say what I want it'd be hard but I said you know what if you don't say it Mm -hmm. then you're just taking whatever you get and then in the end you can't blame anyone but yourself so I'm like let me just make it clear what the type of time I'm on and then if you're on the same type of time cool we can continue moving forward and if not then we can it has to end here and I think that we don't want to do that because we're setting ourselves up to potentially be rejected and 
rejection can be a part of our inner child work too. Like maybe you felt rejected as a child. And so as an adult, you don't want to subject yourself to rejection because Mm -hmm. shit fucking sucks. But at the same time, you don't want to be in misalignment with someone because you're scared to say how you feel and you think that they may feel another way. So you just got to say it. You just got yeah, And in addition it. to the rejection, we'd be afraid they're going to leave. That's the reje- that's rejection, uh, them leaving. Yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, because the thing is, if somebody says, okay, for instance, if you're like, you know what? I want to exclusively date. If you're dating somebody and you're like, you know what? At this point, I want to exclusively date. I don't want to be dating. I don't want to date anybody else. Sometimes we just make an assumption, especially if you're someone like me. Mm-hmm. Automatically, when I start dating someone, because I'm a um, one type of <laughs> a one type of nigga mommy, especially <laughs> with my time and my energy, it's well, like you're I the mean, only person I'm dating. So you like assume you're spending so much time with this person. We're always together. We must be exclusively dating. Mm-hmm. Time goes on. Mm-hmm. Find out you're not the only you one. You find out you're not the only one. And it's like, uh-uh. Let me just tell you right now, I want to exclusively date. Do right. you agree to those terms? If yes, cool, we can keep going on. If not, then we don't need to date anymore because I want to exclusively date. I'm only dating you. I don't have time to be having shit swapping. <laughs> so <laughs> let's just not. But... In the past, I would have just made an assumption that we must be exclusively dating. And I realize now that you have to have clear conversations with people for clarity and making sure you're not getting played like a fiddle. Now, someone may still play you like a fiddle, but at that point, you cut them off because they lied. Yeah. Now now you're a liar. Now you're a fucking liar. In addition to the rejection and then potentially leaving is that you end up settling for what you don't even want right. just to exactly. keep them there. Like if you want exclusivity and they're like, I'm not really on that type of then time. you agree to not and you're be like, exclusive. Exactly. And you're like, you're okay. Like, well, it'll happen when it happens or I don't want to put a label on it or we're just being free wow. with one another or doing what we're doing. I mean, I've been there. Right. I've been there all been too many there. times. And that, that goes back to my inner child work that needs to be done around abandonment and my shadow work, and, you know, my childhood. And I spoke about this on our show about like my dad not being around. All of that stuff comes right back around and not wanting to be alone. I have an anxious attachment style. Mm. I'd be like, let me know that you're here. Mm-hmm. Let me know that you're here with me. And it all just goes back to like needing to do the work and also creating like these cycles of like self-sabotage, like putting ourselves in these positions oh that, God. you know, where yeah. we end up ruining things for ourselves instead of, instead of healing. So like, how does, now that we're talking about self-sabotage, how do these cycles of self-sabotage show up from our like inner child work that needs to be done, our childhood trauma? Oh my God. Yes. Uh, it, we done talked about a whole bunch of shit in these <laughs> Brought it around. It's like, yeah. And it's like the same question. It's like, how does it not? Cause it's, it's like mm. what you just, what you were just talking about with the relationships and how it's like, okay, I'm not going to say anything. I'm just going to assume because we're talking that this is just an exclusive thing. That's an, a great example of self-sabotage. It's like, but here's the thing. It's not like we're intentionally trying to sabotage ourselves. And that's why mm. the, the phrase, I feel like, well, it's hard to, what other phrase can we really use? That's like the, one of the best yeah. ways to say it. But it's not like we're intentionally doing this. When I think of that particular situation, because I did the same thing. <laughs> I did the same mm. thing all the time. I think every woman has done we this We all one. have every woman. I'm every woman. Yeah. We, we all have. We've done it. And it's like my 
thinking, and I'm not sure about yours because it might be slightly different, but my thinking behind it was I'm afraid to, well, yeah, actually, I think you did mention it, the abandonment. I'm afraid to be left alone, basically. Like, if, if I say yeah. what I want, if I say my desire, I'm afraid I'm not going to have any options here. And we tie yeah. our desires or our needs to certain people. And I think that's where we really, where things get really sticky, for lack of better words, is when we say it's got to come from here. It's kind of like, I think of with trauma and abandonment, we learn scarcity. I think in just mm. being black, we learn scarcity already, <laughs> but right. add the layers to it. Like we learn mm. scarcity. It's like, I have to take what I can get. I got to make lemons out of, or lemonade out of rotten lemons, basically. The rotten. The rotten. It ain't even, I was about to say Beyonce, but that ain't even what she had. The rotten. The lemons. rotten oh, lemon. It's God. like these lemons aren't even doing anything for me, but let me try and squeeze it all out. Let me try to get what I can mm. from it. And so the sabotage is, that's really what it is. It's, I think it's, me personally, I think it's rooted in scarcity. It's like, I have to make do with what I can, what I have. I can't, there aren't any other possibilities. Um, so I think just on a wider scale with inner child work, it's like, at the root of it, we have desires. Like maybe we have a desire to express a boundary. We have a desire to um, be in a relationship, a, a better relationship for ourselves. We have a desire to have friends that are better for ourselves, whatever it is. But we stay in the places that aren't serving us because of the beliefs that we have. Like We wouldn't be doing this if we didn't have these belief systems. They run deep. I think mm -hmm. beliefs um, is really what, where the inner child work lies is working through that. Does that, does that make sense? Yes. It makes a hell of a lot of sense. <laughs> it's our limited beliefs and our scarcity mindset. All of this shit. See, everything comes back down. To and our lack of self-worth. <laughs> it definitely is a scarcity. It's scary. You really hit the nail on the head when you said scarcity, because we do just feel like we have to make whatever's in front of us work. And we do abandon ourselves and we do sabotage ourselves because that's when you start bending. That's when you start settling. That's when you're like, I mean, well, it's not that bad. I right. guess we could wait. I guess we can do the situationship thing. I mean, at least I got a nigga. Yeah, somebody to lay up with. Yeah, so. Right. Maybe that in the cold months. <laughs> the winter months. In the winter months. You For just the hot girl summer, it's cool. It's lit. <laughs> but in the winter months. Get under me. Yeah, I'll lay up with you. It, it, lay yeah, up with in the winter, it really gets like, well, I, what, what options do I have? But it's like... <laughs> <laughs> that's where we really I mean the winter things are really getting scarce in the winter but I feel like oh my god with the with the scarcity it's like that's what we're used to operating under we're just used to not looking outside of how things are that's really what it is when you think about what you've learned in childhood whether your parents meant to or they didn't mean to they might have introduced you to paradigms and belief systems that keep you small and like i said nine times out of ten ten times out of ten it's just what they knew they didn't know any better yeah, yeah. it's not like they're purposely trying to you know what i mean it's just they don't know any better yeah, yeah. so yeah. but then these things might be keeping us small and it's all rooted too in safety let what do i know to be safe for some people we see this like, okay, in relationships, whether it's abusive emotionally or physically, this is safety to me. That's safety. Yeah. 
safety, why not real literal safety that we know as adults, safety as in this is familiar. Yeah. Comfortable. Comfortable. And we are staying some shit with a nigga just because we comfortable, child. Because I done been there and I did a bid. I did, I did a, a ten-year bid with him, and it was just because it was comfortable. It was like, oh, this is familiar. I know it. And also thinking about like, dang, what are my other options? Right. Because you can't see the other options you when can't. you're in some stuff. It's like mm-hmm. the options. You're Ray Charles, Stevie yeah. Wonder to the options. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. Um, you just have to have hope. I mean, you have to have faith that there are options out there, but you're never going to be able to assess the options if you're stuck in a place that you don't need to be. Right. So, like, what are the steps? What are <laughs> what is the process? Where do we start when we want to begin doing this healing? Yeah. Please mm-hmm. tell How us. How do we heal? How do we? Yeah. So I think that oh, there's a lot of different ways you can take it. And this might sound a little bit like, really? That's how I would start. But this is how I started. Um I actually started with, I know, just bear with me, but gratitude, actually. I started with gratitude. And why did I start with gratitude? At the time, I didn't know. I just heard people saying this, like, start finding things to be grateful for and start finding things Mm -hmm. to appreciate about your current life. And I was like, this is so backwards. Like, let's focus on what I don't like right now. But (laughs) it's like, what is this going to do for me? But what I found was when I started to get find things to be grateful for or find things to appreciate about how things are as they are, it forced my brain to start to expand and to start to get abundant. Because remember what I was saying about scarcity? Like we make a lot of our decisions and we do a lot of things that we don't even really wanna do, but we just do it because that's all we know and we're stuck in the scarcity. So if we can just start to feel better, I think people undermine how important it is to feel good in your body. Mm. I really think that. I think we're taught, again, I don't think it's on purpose. I just think that, you know, how how we learn to go to school for eight hours a day, even though we might not feel like it. How did we do that, by the way? Like, I don't know. I'm questioning the same. I'm questioning it with work as well. That's what I was about to bring it around. How the fuck am I going to work every day when I don't feel like it? Yeah. Yeah. It's just the getting up and going. I hate it. Right. It's like a lot of things we we're just used to being not feeling good or being irritated or being like all these, not that it's bad to feel these things. I'm just saying we're used to not feeling good. And so, and even from childhood, trauma is literally living in a state of um, fear, a state of panic, a state of, I just, I need to get my bare minimum met. So it's like, how can we start to integrate the fact that we deserve to feel good? The fact that we deserve to be, to experience some joy. Are we going to be in joy 24 seven? No, that would be a little concerning, <laughs> but it would, it would be a little concerning because we're like, we're yeah. human, right? But yeah. it's like, we undermine that. Um, so I, I think gratitude is a great place to start, a, a quick and easy place. I think things like, things that allow you to observe yourself, like whether it's actual meditations, like guided or non-guided, or just taking a walk where you're just observing things, it allows you to scale back from this thing of I have to be thinking all the time and I have to be um, having my mind everywhere but right here. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I like that. I like it. I think another uh, small thing 
is learning how to trust yourself and really listen to your your instincts and intuition because sometimes when we're beginning on this journey of inner child work some things may pop up and you might be like "Mm, am I tripping like is that really something or Mm -hmm. is is this really a big deal or am I doing too much but I feel like if it pops up it's something that needs to be acknowledged and with our intuition in general if you're feeling something feel it and acknowledge that too because we try to like silence that Mm -hmm. and then as time goes on it comes around on the back end and we're like I knew I wasn't fucking tripping right so like when it comes to trusting yourself so that like when things pop up about yourself but also about other people we need to act on that Mm -hmm. and I guess a good part um a part of that too is like I think it might take some time because sometimes when you are anxious or you have dealt with trauma, Mm -hmm. sometimes that can cloud your vision and you may mistake those things as like intuition when it's really like you're just being anxious and reacting from that space. But once we do all of the work, then I think our intuition and our trust for ourselves will grow stronger Mm -hmm. and we can really flex that muscle. Moving power. Yeah. (laughs) Moving power. I'd say... Um, just getting a little more comfortable acknowledging our inner child. Mm -hmm. Um, When we had Ashina from Black Girls Heal on the podcast, we were having some emotional moments and she was encouraging us that when you're feeling those those moments, identify it, acknowledge it, Mm -hmm. and even like journal to that that little girl who's inside of all of us and I think bring awareness to what they need at that moment. So not being afraid to say, I'm feeling scared or I'm feeling really good. This feels good to me right now. And learning how to lean into um, providing more joy or doing things that give you, bring you joy or leaning into this is uncomfortable. Why do I feel this way? So acknowledging when it shows up and then trying to create some action around it. Right. Yeah. Is what I say. Another thing that I read is about how sometimes we have to, we have to grieve the parents that we didn't have because Mm. sometimes we're so stuck on what someone didn't do for us as a parent and it keeps us in these cycles, but we have to grieve like, you know what? You didn't show up for me how I needed you to, but now it's my turn to show up for myself. So if you need a compliment and you needed validation, that's where the affirmations come in. Mm -hmm. That's where you start affirming yourself and giving yourself the validation because unfortunately you may never get it from your parent. Maybe they're mm-hmm. not tapped in. Maybe they're not receptive. Maybe they're gone. Mm-hmm. And so there's no need to, to like drag out suffering because we're waiting on somebody else to do something that they should have done. But unfortunately, they didn't do it. So. Yeah. And be comfortable setting some boundaries with their asses. Yeah. <laughs> Set boundaries with your, with your family members, if that's your parents, who don't, you know, who, <laughs> you're like, where my door? <laughs> who didn't do what they needed to do? Just, you want to stop okay. it? We can stop. No. I'm sorry about that, y'all. Okay. <laughs> no, no, keep no, going. No, okay. yeah, I just think like setting boundaries and being firm with the boundaries that you set, the things that will, the boundaries that you set that will keep you whole. Because mm-hmm. sometimes we do the work and then we allow the people who didn't do what they were supposed to do. Bring us back. Bring us back. Okay, yeah. the shackles be on our feet. <laughs> it's like once you do the work and you are moving forward in power, set the boundary so that no one can come in and undo what you're doing. That's this being cycle, being in those caught in those bad cycles. I agree. Set some boundaries so you don't have to go down that sick road. Yeah, mm-hmm. for sure. That's what I would be doing. Yeah. Yeah. Beatrice, tell our girls about the work that you're doing, more work in your community and where they can find you. Yes. 
Yes, yes. Okay, so you can find me over at the self love fix on Instagram. Um, and then again, I'm I have my own podcast, the self love fix podcast. And I'm currently running a program called self love over codependency. Um, and actually, Brittany, what you were saying about the grief work, that's something that we're doing um, in a module I'm releasing. Um, but so unfortunately, that's already closed. But if you follow me um, over on the podcast or on my social, you'll you'll hear more about it. But it's so true, like that grief work, um, so important to bring to light what's hidden about how we feel, how we felt mm-hmm. with um, with our parents. And um, yeah, I think that I'm just I'm just out here trying to help people with their limiting beliefs and yes. move from the scarcity and this like, oh, my desires don't matter to like, oh, I I'm worthy of my desires. I'm worthy of being fully, deeply, transformatively in love with all aspects of myself, not just the things that look good on paper. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. And I love that for us. Yeah, we yes. are we are thriving over surviving over yes. here. Yes. yes, this is this has been a great series, Beatrice. Thank you so much for your contribution to the series, closing it out with a bang and taking time out of your busy schedule to chit chat with us. We really appreciate it. We do. Thank you so much, and thank you for the work that you're doing. It's yes. valuable and necessary. Yes, and it's the way that we're all heading to the top. Yes, yes. all the girls together everywhere. Yes. <laughs> Thank you so much. I loved this. Spring is in the air at Littleton Coin Company, and we want to help you brighten your collection. Visit us at littletoncoin.com all month long to enjoy 15% off your purchase. With a wide selection of coins, paper money, supplies, and more, Littleton Coin Company has something for every collector's taste. Use promo code SPRING at littletoncoin.com for 15% off your purchase all month long. Restrictions apply. Littleton Coin Company. Serving collectors since 1945.